Hi guys. Once again, I have just woken up. <laughs> um, I'm currently on spring break, so I definitely have chosen to not get up early unless it's for school. I mean, not school, um, for work. <laughs> See, this is how you can tell I just woke up because my mind is just all over the place. So bear with me if I do make mistakes on this podcast because I am very much tired. <laughs> but um, I'm here. You're here. I missed you guys. I hope you guys are doing okay. I hope you guys are having a nice week. I um, hope you guys have a nice week. And it is Friday. Um, whoop, whoop. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm excited for Friday. I don't know about you guys, but I like Friday. So, without further ado, actually, before I actually talked about what I'm going to be talking about today, I do want to say, because I haven't been saying this in any of my other episodes, which, um, I didn't even realize I didn't, I'm, I haven't been saying it, but if anybody feels uncomfortable or triggered by the things that I talk about or things that we discuss in our podcast, please, please do not feel forced to listen to it. You can easily just, um, just stop the episode and, you know, if you want to come back and try it later, you can. If you don't, then that's fine because, um, myself, I never want to put you into a uncomfortable position. Um, so yeah, don't be forced to do that. Um, you know, we all have our triggers and I do understand that. So if you do not feel comfortable Please do not force yourself to listen to it. I will not be hurt because it is your health and and I'm here for you. So I support your health and, you know, what you go through and what you're uh, uncomfortable with and what you're comfortable with. And I respect that. So, yes. So I wanted to say that because we are going to be talking about coping mechanisms um, helpful ones, healthy ones and unhealthy ones. Um. So if anybody kind of feels triggered with those things, just know you can exit off. We're only two minutes in, so, you know, it won't be after this, after I talk about this, then I will start going into the mechanisms. So I'm going to be saying mechanisms so much today, it's going to be crazy. So bear with me, guys, because you're going to hear mechanisms like the whole way. <laughs> but anyway, so coping mechanisms. That is what we're talking about today. Um, oh, did I even introduce myself? I don't know. I think y'all know who I am by now. I think so. I hope so. But my name is Mia. Um, this is like the fifth episode, I think. Yeah. I, I'm. Thank you so much for hanging in there, you know, with me and listening to me and supporting because it means a lot. It really does mean a lot. I'm going to tell you guys, it really does. Um because all I want to do is advocate for mental health and support is support. Any type of support is just overwhelming and it makes me so happy. So thank you so much to everyone who's listening and who plays my podcast or our podcast. Well, my episode at least, (laughs) our episodes, but I can't really talk for Celia. So I'll have her talk about, um, how grateful she is because I don't want to put words in her mouth so um yeah but without further ado let's get into these coping mechanisms because I know y'all like Mia stop talking so much like I'm pretty sure that's what y'all saying through the screen probably not I don't know I can't really hear y'all so 
<laughs> I don't really know what you guys are saying, but that's what I'm saying to myself. So we're going to get started. <laughs> so coping mechanisms. What are coping mechanisms? They are certain things we do to help our mental illness or our mental health. Um, what I mean by that is sometimes we, when we struggle, we tend to have a hard time getting out of that struggle, and then we end up digging a really, really big hole. We start, we keep digging that hole because we can't really get ourselves out of it, but sometimes we use these coping mechanisms to help us not keep digging a big, 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 big hole to where then we're stuck and we can't get out and now we're here and we don't want to be here anymore. Um, so before that happens, we try to use these mechanisms in order to figure out what's wrong or just try to make us feel a little better or just get our minds off of things. Because most of the time, you know, things that we think, you know, are so bad about ourselves, really no one else thinks. No one else thinks those things but ourselves. So I am going to be talking about the coping mechanisms that I use, but I'm also going to be talking about other coping mechanisms. Um, I'm not going to be talking about like a lot of coping mechanisms that I don't know about because that will kind of be false information because I really do not know about them. So why would I tell you guys about them? Um, but I just want to give other examples because, you know, different things work for different people and that is totally okay. But first I do want to talk about where coping mechanisms can get a little bit negative because we want to talk about the negative first so we can get that out of the way and turn it into a positive because that's all, that is all I'm about. Positivity. That's what I've been about this year. It's what I've been striving for is just keeping a positive attitude mindset because positivity goes a long way, whether that just be positivity in yourself, positivity around other people, the world, anything. Positivity can make can make a person better. I really think so because it's made me a lot better. It's made me a much happier when I'm, you know, positive and when I put positive people in my life. So let's talk about the negative thing first. Unhealthy coping mechanisms. Now, a lot of teenagers use un- unhealthy coping mechanisms now. And I'm even a person that has used unhealthy mechanisms mechanisms before. Um, I am not quite comfortable with sharing what I've done before. But, or like at least going into detail. Because, you know, that's my story. And, you know, people aren't, some people just aren't ready to tell certain parts of their story and that's totally okay because we all have different paces we all have different lengths to our journeys different time sets different durations of time you know and we don't rush each other because once again healing is a process it's not a competition it's not a race we take our time with it we we reflect on ourselves so whenever we're ready to tell our story we will and so yeah Uh, But unhealthy mechanisms are things usually that cause harm to you or your body or your mind. And that we, we don't like. We don't like that because I feel as if 
unhealthy coping mechanisms are very short-term. They do not help in the long run. You know, you may use you may use it and you're like, okay, I'm good for today, but then it's going to come back. That feeling, that thought, that, you know, emotions you were feeling, it's going to come back because you never really, never really discussed it with yourself. You're like, you never really thought about what you were really feeling. You kind of just masked, masked it with an unhealthy coping mechanism. Now, these mechanisms can be drug abuse or alcohol abuse, self-harm. Um, it's really the only three that I have on the top of my head that I can really think about. Um, at least that I know, like, teenagers, like, go through, um, but yeah, so, I, I think I'm saying, um, a lot, and I'm really sorry, it's kind of just, like, a filler word, filler word, because, um, (laughs) I just did it, (laughs) I don't know, yeah, I don't know, I'm sorry about that, I don't really like doing that, but it's kind of just, like, a filler word, so I could just think about what I'm gonna say next, Or at least, you know, when you're trying to think of a sentence, but you want to put it in, like, the correct grammar order and everything. That's kind of of what I'm doing right now. So just bear with me, guys. Okay, thank you. It's really early in the morning, and I don't know if I can do... I'm probably going to go back to bed (laughs) after this. Y'all know my pain, so don't act like y'all don't, okay? Y'all know y'all be waking up, and y'all be wanting to go right back to sleep, because that be me. I get some food, get some coffee, you know, and then I'm going right back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, no. But anyway, <laughs> so we use these unhealthy coping mechanisms uh, just because it's it's really a quick way. That's kind of what I started doing it as because it feels good for the moment, you know. And because I really never got that education or that help about healthy coping mechanisms, uh, I you know, social media has influenced a lot of teenagers to start with unhealthy coping mechanisms uh, because we see it all the time. So that's where I started seeing it. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, I'll try it. And I tried it. And I'm like, whoa, this this uh, works for right now. And that's all I have for right now. And I can't think of anything else that would help me. So this is what I'm going to use. And majority of the time, that's literally how it goes. But I'm here to help. Well, I'm here to help as much as possible. (laughs) But we can. Now, this is where I'm going to say. It's really hard to switch from unhealthy to healthy. Because for the longest time, um, I did self-harm. I'm I'm going to be um, completely honest. Um, for the longest time, I, I just kept thinking, no, I'm not doing anything else because it became an addiction. And you're like, how can it, it becomes an addiction. Things that you're just so used to doing and you can't think of anything else or live with any, without it, that's an addiction. Um, and self-harm is my addiction. And so it's really hard to try to transfer into a healthy coping mechanism when you've been doing this one coping mechanism for literally the longest time. So I understand. It's not going to be easy, you know. And, you know, it shouldn't be easy because mental health is not an easy thing. So if it's easy, it's probably not a good mechanism to use because we like to challenge ourselves over here. So, but what we can do 
if we are transferring or transitioning into unhealthy to healthy, we can start by lowering the unhealthy mechanisms we use and adding more healthy ones in. Um, so we don't completely just shut it out because it can get hard. It can get hard when you, um, when you are trying to quit something, you, you can't just, I don't feel like you can just take it away, you know, so fast and just never see it again, because this is something you've been doing every single day or every week or whatever. It's not easy to just be like, yep, I'm throwing everything away and I'm never doing it again. Because that's when you get withdrawals from the things that you've been doing for so long. You know, that's just like if you took medicine. That's like if you took, I know, for example, I used to take, or I took antidepressants, I think like a year ago. And then like, all of a sudden I was like, I'm not taking these anymore. And I stopped taking them. And then I literally just a week after would just get so nauseous. I couldn't like sit up straight. I was always tired. I always didn't feel good. It's a withdrawal because you've been taking things for so long that you never really, um, you never really processed or gave yourself time to, um, heal from, you know, taking these things. And it's hard. It really is. Um, but that's why we do steps. That's why we take steps. We don't go big. I know the thing, the saying is go big or go home, but I think that's some, like things that are positive, I guess. I don't know. But this is something that we need to take our time on. So if we need to go in steps, that is totally okay. But for, um, there's like levels to coping skills, I think. Um, I don't know. I feel like there is because Certain coping skills are used for when we have mild issues or when we're dealing with something that is mild and that we can control. But um, other coping mechanisms, sorry, I just sat on my beanbag, guys. I'm sorry if you heard that. (laughs) I'm just like, you know, I'm trying to get comfy because I know y'all are probably comfy and stuff. I want to get comfy, so now I'm comfy. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, I think I really lost what I was saying. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. Uh, See, this is how I get distracted, guys. Like, I literally move, and then I talk to you guys about something else, and then I get distracted. Happens all the time. Like, if you talk to me in real life, that's literally me. I get distracted too much. Uh, But I think we're talking about healthy coping mechanisms. Oh, yeah, the levels. So when there's things that we cannot control or that are uncontrollable, like anxiety attacks, and we really don't know how to help ourselves, then we use um, stronger coping mechanisms um, that can bring us down back to that mindfulness state and bring us down back to where we can um, get back to that controlling or we can control our body. And so... I'm going to start off with, like, the, the, um, um, what is it? The, yeah, the coping mechanisms that we use when we're, when we're, when we're able to control ourselves or control what's going on. So, for example, thoughts, intrusive thoughts, those things come, like, literally all the time for no reason to. They become for no reason. I'm like, dang. Like, it's like somebody just was like, okay, we're going to pop this in our head today. 
But yeah, so intrusive thoughts, whether that be suicidal, just overthinking, anything, uh, can really play an effect on how we go through our day um, because it can really change our emotions because we're constantly thinking about something or we're, you know, and it's just really, really annoying because we can't focus on anything else. So simple, um, simple things we can do. We can, one thing that has really, really helped me when it comes to my thoughts is distraction. I'm telling you right now, the only time distraction gets bad is when we end up trying to ignore, I guess, ignore where the problem is coming from. But why we want to use distraction because is at the time we kind of just want to stop letting it, you know, control our thoughts and stop letting it be so overbearing and, you know, just make us not stay focused. So we want to use that distraction at first to kind of just let our minds think about certain other things. So I know when I was younger, not younger, but you know, a couple years back, I think when I was like in middle school, the one thing I would really, really use is YouTube. Because, you know, TikTok wasn't really around back, you know, it wasn't around then. So YouTube, I used to just find funny, funny videos and just of any YouTuber. And I would just sit there dying laughing, you know, and that's something you can do. Now we have TikTok, which I'm telling you, that is the biggest distraction I have ever had in my entire life. I will be sitting in my bed, waking up, going on TikTok. And then I look at the time, it's like 5 o'clock. I'm like, dang, I just woke up. What the heck? Like, how did it turn 5 o'clock already? (laughs) But, yeah, so that can be a really big distraction. But it can be a good distraction because TikTok is funny. I'm going to tell you right now. When you get on the good side of TikTok, not like the people dancing. Like, that's not funny. Uh, No offense. Y'all do y'all stuff, but, like, that's not funny. Uh, But when you get on the funny side of TikTok, oh, my gosh, you would be sitting up there laughing, crying all day. Because I know I do. I know. I'm pretty sure my parents hear me all the time. But I will be up early. Not early, but late at night at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'd just be dying. I would be dying because... TikTok is just so funny to me. I don't care what anybody says. I will forever use TikTok. Literally, I will forever use TikTok. It's so funny to me. But, um, and it's so relatable too. Like, Jesus. Like, like the For You page is literally for you. I kid you not. It's for you. (laughs) But yeah, and I, the government probably is listening to us. Probably not going to lie because it's too accurate to not be true. That the government isn't listening to us because how do you know all this stuff, you know? what I'm saying but anyway that's for another time that's the conspiracy theory we could talk about later um but yeah distraction is a really big thing um another thing is eating your comfort foods I know that you know a lot of us are like no it's really unhealthy and, ev- and everything but we're not really worried about what's good to eat or whatever I don't care like if something's gonna make me happy and get me you know stress-free I'm gonna do it you know you don't it's everyone else in a blue moon you know you don't have to have this you know your comfort foods every day you don't but if you're feeling you know like these thoughts will not go away do things that just make you happy or put you in a good place and that's totally okay um, so what if these thoughts don't go away? 
Um, and what if we're, you know, we watch these YouTube videos and we're still constantly thinking about it. Then we can go into different things. So I know that a lot of things that we do, um, you know, a lot of people don't like these things, I would say, but I know that these things have helped me when it comes to um, processing or trying to get these thoughts through. Because there are coping mechanisms where we can, quote unquote, ride the wave, which basically that's that's where you you let whatever's happening just stay there for a little bit and you just let it ride the wave. You just let it go, keep going, and then eventually it will just go away. It will wash off in the current and leave. Um, sometimes that works, sometimes that doesn't. Um, because... Most of the times it works for things that, you know, you know, the thoughts that we just got randomly, like we just woke up really sad for some reason or something like that. You know, we ride the wave. Another thing is it's kind of like this balloon analogy thing. It's basically where you. Oh, it's like where you put your thoughts or whatever's bothering you in like a little balloon and it's like it's really like a metaphor or whatever, but you let it go. So you can write it down and then like you can put it to the side for a couple minutes and then you can rip it up if you want to, you know, letting it go. Don't let it, you know, don't let it control your life, I guess. It's really what it is. Once again, I haven't really used it, so that's why I'm kind of having trouble trying to explain it to you. But yeah, but I know one thing that has helped me and a lot of people are like, "Mm, but I don't like it writing writing I'm telling you writing and then you don't have to you don't have to write no two-page essay MLA format you don't have to do that like literally I know a bunch of people just go in their notes on their phone and just type out what they're feeling because a lot of the times we don't even know what has triggered us and if we can find out if we can go back and find out what has triggered us, then we can move forward and figure out, okay, now what do we do now? Because I know that's what I I used to do. I used to sit down and I would first write my emotions. I would write, okay, this is what I'm feeling. These are the things that I'm feeling. Now I would go into, okay, why am I feeling sad? And I look back on certain things. Now it doesn't, I can easily say, I got a burst of emotions that I'm not sure where it came from. That is okay, because sometimes we can't, we don't know where this came from. But other times you can be like, well, they did do this um, this morning, and it kind of just set me off for the day. We can think about that, because a lot of the times, things that we didn't think affected us really do affect us. So if we just look back, take the time to write down those things, it will you will feel so much better, especially if you are going through something, if you are if something really did happen and you're just it's just been on your mind all day, once you write it out or once you talk about it, it you will not be thinking about it as much as you are because you're letting it go, you're getting it out. Cuz I know that's what I do for myself. I do talk to myself I'm not going to say that I don't because I'm, and look, I feel like that's genetics, you know, because my whole, I feel like my whole, not to throw shade, it's not shade, because I do it too, but I feel like my whole family talks to themselves, 
Which is not bad, but like, I feel like it's kind of like a genetic thing. I don't know. Hmm. Well, we will never know. But talking to yourself, honestly, I go for walks all the time with my dogs. And I literally will just talk to myself. You know, I pretend like I have my um, AirPods in because I'm just like, I don't want them to think I'm crazy. But I do talk to myself because letting it out, you know, because especially if we if you don't have if you don't feel comfortable talking to other people or you don't have that system, support system to talk to other people, getting it out, just hearing yourself talk about it out loud can help because you're literally getting the words out of your mouth. It is literally like flushing out of your brain. So, and although you may still keep thinking about it, it's not going to be as intense as when you keep bottling it up inside. So when you bottle it up inside, yeah, you're going to eventually explode. When you get it out, you feel much better. Because I know when I be talking to my therapist and I bottled something in for so long, I literally talk so fast and like I just get so heated because I bottled this in for so long and it feels so good to finally get it out to somebody or just get it out in general. So that's something we can do for that. Um, Now, when it comes to changing the directions of unhealthy coping mechanisms. Now, this is the one thing that I have um, tried just because this is really the only type of um, unhealthy mechanism that I've done. But when it comes to self-harm, um, you know, uh, in particular, like cutting or things like that, um, when we have urges, we usually do act on them. If they're really, really, like, really, really, if we cannot control them, like, you know, if they're not mild and they're really like, oh my God, I have to do it. We let's, I'm trying to say, let's focus on certain things that we can do instead of that unhealthy coping mechanism. Now I know people are like, ah, don't draw on yourself. You're going to get ink poisoning and you're going to get ink in your skin. And that might be true, but I find that when you take a pen and you like write on your arm or certain things where you usually self-harm, it helps a lot because it's kind of like that same, not the same sensation, but it helps with, um, you know, having that pressure there and just, you know, and usually when you doodle, like doodle on your arm, that's on it. <laughs> when you doodle, like draw on your arm, um, I don't know. I think it kind of, that's another way of distraction. Although it does help with like, I know it helps me. Um, It's also another way of distraction. So that can also help as well. So that's one way that I know that has helped me. Um, Another way I've like, people have done is like putting an ice cube on your arm or wherever you you self-harm. I've never tried that, but I do know that the writing thing, the writing on my arm kind of helps. Um, another thing a lot of people do is like rubber bands. They like put it on their wrist and kind of like, it's like that, that pain that, uh, a substitute for the pain that, you know, you get, because a lot of times, uh, people self-harm because we're numb and we want to feel that pain. So, you know, a simple thing that won't cause too much harm is like a rubber band that we can use. Now, say if you're, if it's getting really uncontrollable, like we're having panic attacks and we're like, I don't know what to do anymore. Like, I can't do this. I'm just overwhelmed. I cannot do this. I'm like, I need help. 
then this is, and a lot of times, sadly, we don't have help. So if you are comfortable, seek out for help, whether that be a friend or something. Because I know that I have been able to seek out to friends sometimes and talk to them and, you know, just get it out. Now, before you talk to your friends, make sure you set boundaries because just be like, hey, I just need a rant. I don't need no advice. I don't need you to say anything about it. I just need to talk right now. So please just be that listener and just let me talk. Because ultimately, that's all we want. We just want somebody to listen. Now, we can do breathing exercises because I think that's one thing that really, really, we we tend to not be able to control ourselves is um, we tend to hyperventilate. So, we can do breathing exercises. Um, I think it's like square breathing, hold for four, or no, inhale for four. Hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But there's a lot of breathing exercises that you can do in order to get your breathing back to normal, um, which can put you back into that mindful state of thinking. I'm running out of time, guys. I wish I had more time. But another thing that you can do is... um, shock therapy. So if you're like just really, you know, heated, you can do workouts, like run on the treadmill, run in place, do take a run, anything. You can put some fruit in the freezer. And if you need to squeeze that because you're angry or you're just really stressed out, you can squeeze that fruit. It's hard. So, you know, you just squeeze it. You could take a cold shower to get your senses, to shock your senses. Um, you can do five, four, three, two, one, five things I see for, I don't really know how that works because I don't really do that that much, but yeah, so that's really all I had to say. I am running out of time, although I really wish I had more time with you guys because I had so much more to talk about, but I don't, so I will see you guys later.